What was that experience like for you, Laura? Uh, it was great, actually. It was it was a little nerve wracking beforehand, but when we got through it, you know, it was exhilarating and fun. Dan and I have pitched uh, probably hundreds of times at this point to many invest- investors. Not everybody gets uh, music tech startups to begin with, so it's mm-hmm. we're used to pitching a lot. But being under the television lights and having six investors drill you for what was basically 45 minutes that they cut down to eight minutes um, with zero notes. The Desert Tiger Podcast. Right, Am Bush, and today we are joined by a guest who is a part of an incredible team, a small team of people who is building an equitable and efficient global ecosystem for the performing arts. What does that mean? It means they're changing the game for musicians and hosts and fans, the people who want to come out and see shows. How are they doing it? They're doing it with an incredible project entitled Side Door. And joining us here today is a co-founder and CEO of Side Door, Miss Laura Simpson. How's it going today, Laura? Good. Thanks for having me. Ooh, it's an absolute pleasure, I must say. I've been watching this project for probably about a year or two, and you guys are uh, getting quite a bit of traction, I must say. Yeah, we're trying. It's going <laughs> going pretty well all right. Going up pretty well, all right. And of course, I'm going to dive into some of those things soon here. But of course, for some of those, for some of the audience who maybe doesn't know what Side Door is, how did you end up connecting with the incredible Dan Mangan? And how did you guys sort of uh, end up creating Side Door? Yeah, so um, I came from the industry side of things. I live in Halifax, uh, east coast of Canada, and um, I'd been working in the industry, really interested in the live performance side of things. So um, aside from working in the industry, I was also hosting shows outside um, of my regular work, including here at the house. And I always found like those shows were the best shows, the small intimate shows where the artist gets to walk away with um, usually a a higher percentage of the revenue than most shows. And on the other side of the coast uh, in Vancouver, Dan had basically grown his artist career by touring some of these small DIY venues and had found the same thing, growing your career uh, with DIY spaces um, can really help you get a leg up. And so we were introduced actually by a mutual friend, an artist friend who knew that we were both conceiving of what that could look like as a company. And so we met in 2016. We didn't know each other before that. I knew of him, but I hadn't met him before. And yeah, since he was, you know, was and still is a touring artist, um, we decided that I would sort of run the, the show and he would be more of the the front man, and uh, that that combination that partnership has has led us to here. We've we've made it through a lot together. So yeah, that's how we met. I mean, 2016 to now, that's quite a bit of time. That's quite a bit of a growth progression, right? Yeah, we we definitely have been through a lot, and most of the time working on Zoom because we haven't been in the same city. 
<laughs> well, like you said, you're both across the country, basically, like both on post ends of Canada. And then, I mean, for Dan to also be on tour, it's like you never know where he's going to be sometimes too, right? Yeah, he just got back from a month in Europe, actually. So yeah, it's always it's always a bit of a challenge to maintain communication, but uh, no, we make it work. Hey, that's the beauty of technology. And that's one thing that you guys are doing with this is using technology to help grow, like you mentioned, like connect hosts with artists so that they can maybe get a little bit more revenue, maybe get a little bit more than just drink tickets and a little bit of food and get enough gas to get to the next town, you know? Exactly. Yeah, that's the whole point. <laughs> well, I love the goal and the mission, and I want to dive a little bit into the platform here. So you guys actually like sort of redesigned, revamped uh, side door. So what exactly does that entail? How did you guys, um, what did you guys try to step up? What was the goal with that? Well, during the pandemic, we uh, we had been doing just in-person shows before the pandemic. And when the lockdown happened, we started doing online shows within about 10 days. And then that just built out from there. We did about 1,200 online shows. And we basically had a bunch of different options for how people could do that. It became a very complex product. And as we saw the interest in online shows wane, we basically pulled that back and out of the platform. And so now it's a much more streamlined experience and different than before. It used to be where you could see all of the hosts and all of the artists on the platform. And now we've basically put it back to a needs-based platform. So hosts and artists can say when they want to do a show and where they are or that where they want to be. And you can respond to those listings. They're called show calls. And so that helps with momentum. It helps with response time. It helps with um, making sure that you're both on the same page of what you want and when you want it. And it helps to close those shows even faster. Mm -hmm. And I was even looking at this uh, platform a little bit myself earlier and just seeing like the ability of you got to in the future, you can set your dates and like, hey, I would love to be here or I happen to be in this region from this time. Like, it's just really interesting how it works. And it's just you can see like what kinds of artists are like available to you. And it's uh, just really makes it just so much, like you said, streamlined, easier. Yeah, exactly. We found that, you know, it, it, we want people to feel successful. And so that's our top goal is to ensure that artists, when they're posting show calls, that they're getting responses, that they're getting people seeing these things, um, that they're getting the kind of engagement that they want from the right people. So that's our, our biggest goal is to make sure that, you know, it's better than doing it with the old fashioned email and spreadsheet. And uh, in these times when it's really hard to find a place to play that we really hope that we can expand the number of places that you can play. Mm -hmm, absolutely. I mean, even before the pandemic, you had a lot of like venue. Um, I mean, a lot of gentrification throughout, not just Canada alone, but like the world itself where a lot of venues were becoming scarce. I mean, not just from like, a venue standpoint, but if like, say myself, who was like an all ages promoter for a while, like trying to find those types of venues was like incredibly difficult as well, too. So it's, I mean, after the pandemic, it's even then like even less venues, even less opportunity. So like right now is just like 
this service is just more important than probably ever. Yeah, it it really seems to be, um, you know, we we get a lot of interest from artists, of course. And so our biggest push is always to find more hosts and explain how that works, because it's it's not nothing to put on a show, uh, as you as you know, um, but we try to make it a lot easier for people to make that choice. Mm-hmm. Okay, so say, like I mentioned, former artist, former promoter, it's say I was somebody that was interested in delving into the world of side doors. So how exactly does that work for me? As you mentioned, you put out a show call, but like, how does it break down? Is there a percentage that like you have to break down? How does it work for the individual? So if you were an artist and you wanted to use side door, basically you would say, okay, where do I want to be? And when do I hope to be there? Or maybe it's just one date that you have in between two shows and you want to do a fill date. So you would basically create a profile. It's a very simple profile just to give enough information about you as an artist. And then the show call is another item that you add on top of that, which is essentially asking for that specific time and location. And you can even say exactly what that performance is going to be like. So say somebody's doing a specifically acoustic tour you can mention that if you need a PA, you can mention that. That's That all helps with the filtering of who you find in the matchmaking process. That show call, once you create it, which, you know, really we've, we've stripped it back from dozens of steps to about, you know, under 20. Um, you can basically post that and that gets broadcast to all of the hosts in the area where you're seeking a show. In addition to that, we have a team that basically goes out and looks for new hosts who may not be um, readily visible or available. And we use the show calls to basically help find you a place to play. And so we have, we have a team member in basically all corner of North America doing this work. Um, and that helps enhance the, the power of the platform to reach people. And of course you can always take that and it, it's easily transferable to your own, um, socials or newsletter. And we always find that, People are surprised that they can unearth like just a perfect host within their own fan base. And instead of just saying, hey, I want to play a show and just having to go through the comments or DMs that you receive from that, you know, we can basically use our platform to go through the contracting process, work at the split, make sure that the ticketing is in place, make sure the payout happens um, as that you contracted and on time. All of that is managed by the platform. So it sort of takes that sticky work out of the business. Well, and a lot of artists that are probably looking at a lot of these types of venues probably don't have a manager to handle a lot of that back end of stuff. So sometimes maybe you forget or you get a host who maybe hasn't hosted a show before and maybe they don't think about certain things. So the fact that like you guys are covering all of these bases and making sure that everybody's like reputable, everybody agrees to th- everything. Like that alone is just so valuable. Yeah, it's it is one of our values is transparency, is really to make it clear what you're getting into, to set up expectations and go through those needs before this show. So that really when you show up, you know what's gonna happen. You know what time to be there, you know how many tickets are sold, you know what the payout is gonna be. All of that is taken care of. You just need to go and play. Mm -hmm. So a lot of artists, of course, are worried about when they're gonna get paid or sometimes you'll have like, oh, Eventbrite isn't paying me for a week. I can't catch you right now, even though you should have your money ahead of time promoters. Um, 
Anyway, but like, so how long exactly is the payout process for Side Door? Yeah, so actually the financial piece is the first thing that we created. So once you create a contract with someone and you literally are signing off on that, we really consider this a contract that you're both agreeing to these, these needs and you've decided on a split. So Side Door takes 10% of the ticket sales. So the, it's basically a blend of the traditional booking and ticketing fees. Yeah. And then the remaining 90% is negotiated between the artist and the host. So whatever the needs are there, that money that is, you know, you basically set your ticket price. You can do a flat ticket price or pay what you want. That money is collected from the ticket revenue. It's held in escrow. And as soon as the show is completed, it's paid out according to the split to the three parties. And that's done usually within 24 hours, but no longer than 72 hours. Wow. So... Fairly quick, I'd say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's not that one party is taking it and you have to rely on them. Everyone always has eyes on the money. Everyone always has access to, you know, the money, even the money doesn't land inside Doors account. It actually gets held by our service provider that does, it's basically a subsidiary of PayPal. So it's a very secure process in which um, you can collect the money and even get paid out by PayPal if you want to do it that way. Well, and it also helps you keep track of your numbers so much better, especially like as an artist, the goal always is to make a career out of this. But some people don't think about like in order to make a career out of this or even to get grants, like you have to be keeping track of pennies and dimes and every receipt. And like this, once again, just makes it so much easier to have all this information in one place. Yeah, we really wanted to make sure that the settlements especially were industry standards. So it shows exactly, you know, how much you sold on doors, how much you sold in advance. All the performance royalties are collected by us and remitted by us back to SOCAN or whatever PRO is in place in that region. So you know that you can go and collect your performance royalties after the show. All the taxes that have to be collected in that location is done. If you don't collect taxes as an artist, we don't charge taxes on your part of the split. And so it reduces the amount of the ticket spent. All these things have been built into the platform so that you end up with a settlement sheet at the end of the day that you can bring to a promoter or an agent or a manager and say, here are my receipts. This is what I can do in this market. This is how many tickets I can sell. Like you, and As an artist, you should be keeping track. Of yes. all of these things, how much merch you can sell, how many tickets you can sell, like all of these different things help you to book shows in the future. Absolutely. Yeah. And I just on March, we're, March, we're very, very strongly against any venues taking a cut of merch sales. Promoters so, too. Promoters yeah, too. Yeah. And so we really just want to make sure that people think about that when they're doing these shows, they bring their merch and sometimes they make as much off the merch as they do off the show. Heck yeah. It's win-win. Yeah. Win-win. And of course, we've been talking a lot about Sidor itself, the platform, how to use it. One of the things that's been really excited, like I said, you guys have been building up a little bit of steam, maybe a little bit of a fire, had a little bit of a dragons breathing down your neck for a little bit there because you got to go on Dragon's Den to pitch Sidor, uh, side note, successfully. What was that experience like for you, Laura? Uh, it was great. Actually, it was it was a little nerve wracking beforehand, but when we got through it, you know, it was exhilarating and fun. Dan and I have pitched uh, probably hundreds of times at this point to many invest investors. 
not everybody gets uh, music tech startups to begin with. So it's mm-hmm. we're used to pitching a lot. But being under the television lights and having six investors drill you for what was basically 45 minutes that they cut down to eight minutes um, with zero notes, it's mostly them asking us about all of our numbers and, you know, conversions and how everything's working and having to remember all that off the top of our heads was a challenge. But uh, yeah, we were gunning for Arlene and Arlene was the one ultimately who gave us an offer. So that was great. Wow. So you you set your target, you called your shot and you ended up getting the dragon you wanted, hey? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's great because Arlene has connections to, you know, marketing, she has her own marketing division and that sort of thing. And that was really for us, you know, since we were on uh, Dragon's Den, we saw a four times increase of host signups, a huge increase of artist signups, um, lots of people using the show calls. And so for us, it's a huge um, exposure piece. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that I was going to ask too, is even just alone, just being able to be on the show must have opened things up like quite considerably. Yeah, exactly. I think television is a different beast. You know, like I got calls from old friends from high school who are like, you know, this is this is a legitimate thing. I'm like, yeah, it's been a real thing for five years, but <laughs> because I'm on TV, it's a real thing, you know? Uh, it's always funny where like what is constitutes like the make it point for people, exactly. right? Like for you, you've probably had like hundreds of make it moments along this journey, right? <laughs> This is a recognizable one to many more people. Hey, probably a pretty memorable to you yourself too. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. Dan was actually, he actually had to fly in off of tour. He was in the middle of a Canadian tour. He flew in, he was in Edmonton on a tour bus, flew into Toronto, shot this thing back in May, um, flew out in less than 24 hours back to Calgary where he finished, continued on the tour. And yeah, so he was a trooper to get that done. Oh, so this was filmed all the way back in May. That's right. Yeah, it didn't, May to November. Yeah, so we kept it secret for that long. Oh my god! So you've just been sitting like on your fingernails this entire time, just like, <laughs> yeah. oh man, when, when's it gonna yeah. happen? Yeah, exactly. So when you finally got to see the actual moment happen on TV for yourself, what was that like for you? You know, I was really mostly worried about how a company that we've built over five years was going to be represented on television. And so, because you don't know what the edit's going to look like. Um, And I think they did a great job. You know, I think it was completely fair. We knew what the challenges were going in. We know what they were going to drill us on. Um, And so I think it was a totally fair representation. Um, Dan was a little upset that they sped up his song a little bit for time, but (laughs) other than that, it was great. I mean, hey, your song got played on TV, so may- maybe even he, maybe he'll get a few more requests. I hope so, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fantastic. And of course, we've been chatting side door this entire time. Before I let you go, Laura, I have a couple questions for you yourself, if that's okay with you. Absolutely. Perfect. Perfect. So, of course, we've mentioned this has been quite the journey here. So through all of this, what is something that you're grateful for? Wow. Um I'm really grateful just to be able to do something that I love. It's this is a life, you know, mission for me is to be a defender for artists, trying to make the situation better so that people can earn a living from the art that they make. Um, I've always tried to find vehicles to do that. This feels like something that I have a lot of 
relative control over and being in the driver's seat in this industry is exhilarating and always, you know, I appreciate the work that we get to do. We get to every single day create magical moments. So I'm really grateful for, for that. Hey, music is magic. Mm-hmm. All right. And of course, through five years, like you mentioned, it's quite a bit of time to not just grow a company, but also grow as an individual. So with this process of growing and building Side Door and seeing it become successful and, you know, like 2,000 shows for 750 plus artists drawing in almost just under as of, I believe, recently, $1.5 million, which is friggin' incredible and awesome. And congratulations on that. And Thanks. I just need to know is how has this process, how has it helped you to grow as a person or what has it taught you about yourself? Um, I think that I've become a lot, I've been become better at separating myself from the project, which sounds counterintuitive, but it's a necessary thing when you go through so much of a roller coaster ride with a project and you have to pivot and you have to make hard choices and there are dark days and there's a ton of stuff you can't control. Um, but the more that we can put it as a team on the table and look at it together and work on it as a project, that's not us. And we don't, you know, we're not personally defensive about the choices that we have to make, but we really just do what's best for the project and what's best for artists. That's what's really got us through these years. That's what we consistently are working towards. Wow. Wow. It's uh Definitely keeping the vision at the forefront, right? Exactly. Well, I thank you for having that vision, for not just having that vision, but taking that vision, for applying that vision, and for changing the game for hundreds of artists so far and potentially even hundreds more in the future. Yeah, we're, we're going for it. So thank you so much for the time. Hey, thank you so very much for taking the time. And if you who are listening to this, if you're an artist, go and check out Side Door. If you have a space that could potentially host an artist, go and check out Side Door. If you're a fan of music, go and just support live music. Go out, show the fans that you love them, show the musicians that you love them, pick up some merch, and, you know, just support the scene, support the arts. Absolutely. Thank you once again so much, Laura, for joining us here on the DTP. Appreciate it. The Desert Tiger Podcast.